2: Hello there, and welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors, ten percent off your legal fees at LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. Usual crowd in the house. Uh, I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. And Mosca White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. A quick reminder: you can get our TSB summer special on pre-order right now. Because who gives a toss about the Euros? They're over now. They're in the past. What we care about is Leeds United. We've got they're two- in the
0: past. So instead, look back on the last season. <laughs>
2: Shut but up. it was a good season, wasn't Shut it? Shut up. Yeah, it was a good season, yeah. Um, check out that. Great illustrations, great writing. 228 pages, yours at thesquareball.net. Well, this is the last Euroball, and we have a big pile of stickers. The tournament's over. Did you Did you catch the result, or should we let you know what, it, what happened?
0: I've got it recorded. Uh, I'm going to watch it when I get home, probably. I'm expecting big things.
2: Bit of a disappointing night from from an English point of view. You did call it right, Moscow, that Italy would lift the trophy. So presumably you're happy, particularly uh, uh, with that result.
1: I'm just glad none of it was Calvin Phillips' fault. There is a little crumb of comfort to be taken in the videos that have come out this morning, and it was also something I, I spotted last night that Phillips was the first one over to Saka to comfort him. And I noticed it wasn't only Saka. There was then there was a, a lot of shots in the aftermath um, of the penalty shootout of Calvin Phillips, like everybody's kind of big brother going around, very stoic, arm around everybody, looking after them all. Not a tear on his his own cheeks, apart from those that he had taken from others to share the burden and ease their pain. So, a victory for Leeds United. Derby must have stood him in good stead, the
2: playoff semi-final, because I said on the... um... The original grief cast that led to us doing the match ball post derby. That I ended up walking down because I saw Calvin walking around the pitch just looking utterly bereft after that defeat in the playoff semi final. And I wanted to go to the pitch and, and hug him and just say it's okay. And I, was, and I remember like going chin up, chin up, like you know, like like football coaches do uh, to him. And he didn't see me, but or maybe he did. Maybe uh, I like to think he did. But I think I think certainly that. Um, bouncing back from that I stood him in good stead as because... a side
1: note I've just opened the stickers and got the uh, Italy celebration <laughs> celebration sticker <laughs> what a way to start and, uh, sticker number yeah. seven so get that in there we go well done I found lads. it
0: oddly moving that the wide shot of, of Calvin running because he's the first one just to it's the way you, seeing him break that line of players on the halfway line being the first to just think you know what I'm someone on, needs right. to do this
2: yeah it's like that scene in, and uh, it's going to be me in Lion King when all these the wildebeest that are stampeded and he just goes right through them doesn't he
1: straight to Saka
2: to save uh,
1: it. It's funny that he was the first one there given that there were sort of a lot of other...
0: I've just opened straight onto some Italians as well.
1: (laughs) Um, That There were a lot of other sort of much more senior and experienced England professionals around. I think a lot, there were a lot of players kind of moving from the bench area who seemed to be going straight to Saka but of the ones who were, who had played and were all lined up for the shootout he seemed to be the, well he was the first one by a country mile to think Kind of put his own feelings to one side and go and look after the actual baby that uh, Gareth Southgate decided should take the the most pressure penalty kick that um, has been taken by an English player for fifty five years. Yeah, I, I really felt for him from a, a human
2: perspective. Like I don't know if it's because I've got kids now and I'm getting like older and stuff, but I thought, oh, poor boy. <laughs> I, I just wanted to put my arm around. Him. I think that seeing him when he because he kind of held it together for a bit, did Saka, didn't he? And then you saw his hands go to his face and the shirt went to the face. And I thought, oh, I I just want
0: to give you a hug. I think, I mean, that's going to be all right. It's only football. The thing is Rashford's the, of the players that missed, Rashford is the senior of them and he himself is... Is he a
2: scumbastard again now?
0: Four, 23. 23,
2: Are we we calling him a scumbastard again?
0: (laughs) I mean, if he wants, I know he's going to have a little break now, but if he wants to come for some one-on-one coaching for the penalties, just kick it really hard. Harry Maguire, another scumbastard, obviously. But that is how you take a penalty—just fucking twat it he into the top corner. He killed
2: the camera, didn't he? Did you see him kill? He mm. killed the camera, which that was is good. Cool. I should just, have
0: counted double for that. I've just opened my pack of stickers. My first
2: one—we've got a lot. We've got like six each year, haven't we? And it's a grinning Scotsman again, just to continue the theme. It's um, it's Lyndon Dykes who's grinning at me there. I've got to, finger um,
1: in there as he's uh, nicknamed. Yeah, um,
0: Locatelli yeah. and Jorginho, uh, also another another tippy tappy run up penalty taker who who missed. I also have Calvin Stengs who scored a Champions League winning goal for me on Football Manager once for Leeds so I mean that's nice he's a Leeds Leeds hero this (laughs) lad I've got various vertical half and halves here from um,
2: Belgium and uh, where are they from no they're not Russian are they (laughs) You know. forgot to mention you got the Sweden shiny, Michael. Oh, oh I as well. did. Sorry. That's, that's good. They're, they're from Austria. Look, just take these people away from me. <laughs> None of them deserve to be named. Andre Bellotti as well,
0: another winner. He's in this pack. And then the Russia shiny as well, which is which is quite nice. How yeah. was it for you then? The final experience. Do you know what I really liked about it? I just liked the sense
2: of occasion that was happening everywhere. Like It was like 28 days later. If you went anywhere, like yesterday late afternoon, evening, there was just nothing on the roads and uh, I walked around my street. We live in a cul-de-sac. And you could see just all the tellies on in the houses. And there was a little bit of a mini get-together street party, a bit of outdoorsy stuff going on that was interrupted by the rain. One of my neighbours had um, a projector set up, projecting towards the gable end of the house opposite, which rather helpfully is rendered white. Like they've got a white render on them, so you could use it as a massive projector screen. But although it was, it was about two or three seconds just ahead of my TV feed, so I was looking out my lounge window at this, ahead of my own telly. Which was then ahead of the people who were in the garden two doors down, um, which was slightly confusing because the chairs were staggered or the you know the, the
0: upset was staggered. I feel a bit like that has continued into today actually. That feeling of it being all a bit empty and quiet. Yeah, there's an eerie sort of silence about the place. I don't know why. It just feel it feels like everyone is just well probably a bit like me a bit hungover and a bit tired. I quite often do this after games that I've invested in. I just can't really go asleep. It was like after the, a bit like after the you know we've mentioned the. The grief cast and the Derby game and everything like that. I just thought I've got I don't really want I don't really want to go to bed. I don't know why. I just feel like I should stay up and look at some more stuff for absolutely for absolutely no function. Yeah. I think to compare it to that, I definitely feel better today than I did after that. Like I popped to the supermarket on the way here, and I was kind of all right with other people going about their business. Whereas the day after the <laughs> Derby game, I was just annoyed at other people weren't all as sad as me about it. I was like, look at you pricks, just <laughs> buying your fucking shopping like nothing's happened. <laughs> How can you? How can you? Where's this? Yeah. I'm kind of over it already, sad to say. I, I would. It would
2: have been so nice for England to win it, because I'm English and it's never happened before in my lifetime. But I don't know. It feels like there's I know, more at play in this one. It wasn't just about the trophy. There's just a great bunch of lads, aren't they?
0: I think I tweeted something along these lines last night that I'm actually, I feel like I'm more disappointed for Calvin than I am for myself, which is rare, because normally... The grief is all mine when Leeds have lost or whatever. I just think I'm upset because I support Leeds and this is a bad thing that's happened to me. Whereas I feel like it was split yesterday. It was like, I would have loved to see Calvin lift that trophy because I feel like he deserves it. And a lot of them do, in fairness, but not probably on the balance of the actual game because, no. because we scored after three minutes and then mm.
1: just didn't do anything, did we? Better team won it, didn't they? I think the great bunch of lads who were who make up the England team remain a great bunch of lads win, lose or draw at the end of that game. Particularly the United lads, because you yeah. know you've been a big fan, etc. My favourites, the one perhaps, and it feels a bit mean spirited. Advantage of them not actually winning the thing is that they get to to carry on being heroes, and then all the cash in, bandwagon jumping, rocket up ass, <laughs> Johnny Come Latelys don't get to celebrate and join in. I think there's a there's a subset of people who were storming the gates of Wembley, for example, who I'm quite glad went home disappointed if they can even remember any of um, of what went on. So it, it didn't become kind of a validation of, of some of that stuff that was going on around Wembley and London yesterday. But the players still get to leave proud of what they did and kind of representing very much the opposite of a lot of what was uh, going on elsewhere. You're not going to see... You know, Raheem Sterling with a a rocket up his ass, firing it in, uh, well, we should in say in Leicester well, Square. And it's one of the nice I mean, things. about mean a rocket would
2: um, be dangerous, Moscow. We have to specify firework, it, was, it was a flare. If you are going to insert right. anything in your anus, make sure it's
1: a flare and not a rocket. Yeah. That's well, what we're saying. Yeah, just firing general pirate techniques out of uh, <laughs> out of the anus. I think um, there's a... Yeah, and there's kind of there's a difference there, isn't there, between what we celebrate about the players and what they kind of Represented through this tournament and um and some of the other things, some of the other <laughs> some of the other stuff.
0: I suppose the nice thing for the players as well is that they can do this again. There's not, I don't think there's a single member of that team who will be too old to play in the next World Cup or the next Euros. They're going to be around for forever. Saka's got another another 15 years of, of trying to make up for this if he yeah. if he really wants to. It's
2: so I listened to Southgate doing the press conference on the way in here, and that's exactly what he said. A lot of them are two to four years away from peaking yet, so. They've got plenty of time on their sides.
0: I think as well, we need to get used to the idea that it's all right to lose finals just because we never get to them. Like in our lifetime, this is obviously the first time England have done it. We barely get to semi-finals. Italy always gets to semi-finals. They've lost at least a World Cup final, a Euros that I can remember quite clearly. I think they've lost two Euros, mm. in fact, because they lost to France in the, with the golden goal, and they lost to Spain, didn't they mm. as well? But there was the Baggio penalty missing World Cups. Like this, this happens. You need to. We need to get into the mindset of let's just keep getting to finals and eventually we will win some. It's really like, it's very basic to say, but just expecting to win the first final you get to in 50 odd years is a bit unrealistic, I suppose.
1: It's an old um, Don Revy trick. I'm sure he wasn't the only one to do it, but uh, the bonus structure at Leeds every season in the Cups, and this is when, you know, remember the, the FA Cup was the ultimate prize, but they did it for Europe as well, was you got your bonuses for winning through to the final so if you get to the quarterfinal you get this bonus if you get the semi-final you get this bonus if you get to the final you get a bonus but there was no bonus for winning it because one it's such a lottery you know it's a game and it happens on the day and it's kind of it's beyond expectation the expectation at Leeds was you get to the final and you earn all this money in, on your bonuses once you're out the final you're doing it for the glory and there's a recognition that it's just it's a one-off game. And what happens happens to an extent, and I've got the North Macedonia shiny. Great, <laughs>
0: I've got Trent Alexander Arnold. Mm.
1: Feels a bit misplaced. <laughs> now, he did well, he? didn't he? He did swap him with the. This with is what happens Kelvin. when you
0: don't play Liverpool players
2: oh, in major oh, I mean, finals. Did you I see mean, that tweet?
0: Oh, oh, I mean Henderson. What a game he had though when he came on. Really, <laughs> really turned. Declan Rice was playing really well. We brought in Henderson, who did absolutely fuck all apart from slope off the pitch before the penalties were taken. I've
2: got Declan Rice here, by the way. I've opened two packs just to go big. I think he's a duplicate. We've already got him, but you can have him there. You go. I've you got I've uh, also
0: got Vidra. If Do you know for what almost leads
2: links? One, one thing, I was, sorry. One thing I was going to say about that idea of the bonus structure and getting to the final and just getting used to playing in finals—they looked like they were playing the game and not the occasion for like the first half an hour. Did England? I have to say that you know to their credit, they acquitted themselves well in that that first bit. I thought it's just after that that well the question now remains: Did Southgate ma- you know manage it too conservatively?
0: It's hard to say because we're. Worked hasn't it to this point? And we've, after every victory, we've, apart from probably the Ukraine one, we've basically said it's a bit boring, like it feels very safe. But we'd be winning games when we've got to a final for the first time in the- half a century, so you would probably have to say it did work. Whether or not it makes the most of the players we've got and is the most, the more exciting option, I don't know.
1: The hitch, in my view, and this is not to pick on the young man who has had a bad enough night, but I think Saka was the big. Mistake, and it's this sounds like hindsight speaking because I don't think I discussed the Germany game with you on here. But when he started against Germany, he was the only player I've looked at in the England team who I've thought looks his age. Look, he looks as young as he actually is because Phil Foden. It doesn't play like a youngster. He's, he's a right cocky little tit, and it's great and it works. And um, Sancho doesn't look like a young player. He's he just looks like an. Ex- Um, confident and Saka in the Germany game, he just looked a little bit like not completely up to speed with the rest of the team. It worked because we, you know, we won the game. And I thought, I thought it again last night. There was a moment when um, Harry Kane was trying to play him down the wing and Kane messed up the pass and it just went to the Italy player. And if if Phil Foden had been the intended recipient of such a shit pass, I'm sure he would have turned around to Harry Kane and gone, hey, that better next time. Saka just didn't even turn around and look. There was no kind of because I think it, there was something about him. He's like, "Oh, it's the England captain. I can't. I can't have yeah. a go at him." And he was terrible. Like in the the nicest, you know. It's I don't think it's particularly his fault. It's um, I think Gareth Southgate. I know who what you say him
2: I should say he's got a great deal of talent, but it's very raw talent at the minute. And you say he doesn't strike you as a man who like Jadon Sancho, for example, has played in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, so has got a bit of more big game experience. Obviously, playing at Arsenal, he's got no big game experience.
1: No, and that was actually the rubbish. The Arsenal thing is a factor, Like I don't think you get a confident player out of that Arsenal team. I think the way, um, I don't think that helped him in the situation whatsoever. He looked at some points, and to be, and I don't mean this in a, a harsh slagging him off kind of way, but he looked a bit like a competition when they are just running around the pitch, not knowing what he should do, how to get involved, how to get in the game. And I would have, and I. We talked about taking uh, Grealish back off. I would have taken off for extra time and brought somebody else on because it wasn't working. And I've been thinking about this a lot over the last however many hours. Cause, and destroyed his confidence. <laughs> well, no, because, uh, you, be, and that's a factor in it because you talk about his confidence and the, the, the destruction of confidence from being subbed on and subbed off again. That's an easier conversation to have if he's got a gold medal around his neck and he's not missed the penalty. And... Sancho has come on to replace him for extra time and we've won and then you can say right here's your your gold winner's medal we've won the European championship you didn't have a good game but that's fine because you're a kid it didn't work against a brilliant Italy defense we can talk about that we can work on it but be proud of everything that you've done in this tournament instead he is now he's fucking broken because they made him take that penalty but I was saying um A while ago, I think it was an extra ball thing where we were talking about how we'd fix football, about how I'd love to go back to just two substitutes. And then the game is more about how the first 11 fix what happens on the pitch. And you've got to be able to work your way out of the problems that you get into in a a football match. And that's something that has changed a lot now. So the game now is much more about the coach. The coach is so much more important than the players, whereas we used to leave it up to the captain would make all the tactical decisions on the pitch because the coaches weren't even allowed to communicate any um, tactical input. You are going back a long way here. It's worth Only saying. like the seventies and even the the eighties. I mean when did you get three substitutes was the nineties. No, but I mean with coaches not being
2: allowed yeah. to have input and stuff but, that is that is very old. I think it's a point it's been an evolution, hasn't it? And, yeah.
1: And the emphasis now is all about what does the manager do? What is the, the manager the decisions he makes. But since that is the rule and since in this tournament you can have five substitutes and then more or another one in extra time embrace it and what would be wrong given the way that Southgate has set this team up where it's Kane, Sterling, Mount and one of the others use them all in a game use one first half if you don't well bring a different one on for the second half he's fresh and then if you're into extra time bring on a third one because he's fresh and you just say right you each get 45 minutes and then half an hour and it's not a judgment on how well you played or what I think of you as a person or a player. Just go out there and just, bust
2: your balls for 45
1: minutes. Yeah, yeah and be, and because you can't really pick between Sancho, Foden, Saka. Who's the other one? Grealish. Grealish. They've all had that spot as the extra one. And really, you know, there is, a, I think Saka's the the worst of them. I don't the, the least best. But you can put a piece of paper between them and that's kind of the way that they've been used. So why not really go for broke on that? Which be- is what Bielsa did, didn't he? In the promotion uh, running, yeah, like special teams with Pablo bringing yeah, him on, Pablo and, and, and the fact that you've got so many substitutes. Barnsley were even doing it in the championship last season where they bring on five substitutes at once in the second half to completely change um, the emphasis of the game. And it, it's kind of on the one hand, you're protecting Saka because you don't want him to suffer the whole thing of going off again after he's been brought on, um, but then you are tying yourself to a mistake in some ways because I'm sure. Southgate okay. must have looked at him and gone. I oh, just wish I'd bloody brought Grealish on in the first place. So you know you've got the tools there. So fix it, save him from um, missing the penalty, bring Grealish on or bring Sancho on, win the game, and worry about kind of how everybody's feeling about it. Problem is, if you don't, win, if you don't win the game, well then the... we didn't win anyway. Though, no, no, we, so. I know,
2: I know. What I'm saying is that you you are genuinely in danger of destroying a, a
1: young man's confidence. You're not going to destroy him just because he got subbed off.
2: No, but it's in the on the eyes of the biggest, probably the biggest ever television audience in the UK. For, you know, for a sporting event and then you, you're yanking him off after, what, 20 minutes because it's not working. So. No, instead
1: we just watched him and everybody just watched him being shit so everybody's saying the same yeah, stuff about him anyway. It's,
2: it's very fine margins, isn't it? And a tactical tweak when England went 4-3-3 and got a grip in midfield again started to put England on the front foot again like for, for a spell, didn't it? And, and in, was it extra time when at the first half of extra time England really
0: were on the front foot again? Nothing really worked though, did it, in an attacking sense? Yeah. You say we were on the front foot but what... Well, I mean, you can, you can, there's not a chance created. I was, was going to say it's worth qualifying this with the fact that Kane
2: didn't have a single touch in um, Italy's box yesterday. Mm. So he was. I thought I thought Kane was good,
0: but he was good in areas where he doesn't hurt Italy. Yeah, and, and Sterling never got into it. Mount was never involved particularly. The substitutions didn't work. I mean, Grealish has he's been fine in this tournament, but we seem to have have now the, the opinion that he can come on and completely turn a game around. And we saw yesterday that you know he just can't. He's not. He's not absolutely everything. He's, he's he's good, but he's not as good as he perhaps thinks he is. <laughs> well, he's not he's not messy, is he? He's no. a, he's very good, but there's also only so much you can do coming onto a coming into a system where you're not getting an awful lot of the ball, and they're very solid defensively. And uh, mm. it, it just I felt mean, it felt like nothing worked attacking wise yesterday. I I'm genuinely struggling to think of any other chances we had.
2: No, yeah. No, I mean, this is why I, I keep coming back to Southgate, and I don't want to be a critic of Southgate because I think he's acquitted himself tremendously like you know on on a human level I think for the most part the stuff that he's done in this tournament has worked and his record it's bearing fruit isn't it fourth place third place second place so you know we're kind of making progress the question is was he too risk averse last night in that if you're bringing Grealish on don't you do something to support him and get men around him to an extent they did but not quite enough we already
0: had John Henderson at that point who Mm. I'm reliably informed by the the press and supporters of Liverpool is the finest midfield player the world has ever seen, and
1: I was but, going to uh, say before and ask whether Gareth Southgate will be able to go to Liverpool anymore, <laughs> because um, I'm I've not bothered checking, but I'm sure the conversation about how Hendo would have scored that penalty um, mm. if he'd been on. And to be honest, I would actually support that. I would rather have seen Henderson taking a penalty, daft as his attempt was in the the friendly, um, than Saka. I mean, I would, have, I would have trusted him with a penalty in that situation. So I thought, I thought, um, if you weren't going to take Saka off for extra time and in, in a match situation, then I was sure he was going to be coming off before the penalty shootout out because he just didn't look like a player who was going to score a penalty either, and certainly not with his his age. I would have left Henderson on and say, right, if you are talking about how players come out through the other side of this, Henderson, or you know, he's bulletproof. Um, in these situations let him miss a penalty if he's, if anyone's going to miss one um i thought it was but no apparently Saka is our, the best penalty uh taker in training so
0: i mean it is the right way to select your penalty takers though to say who's good at them
1: mm.
0: and let them do it there is a, an undeniable logic to it rather than just saying well who's got the most experience luke shaw has played you know 100 games for man united therefore he should take one if he's if he misses them all the time in training and Saka always scores them, it's very hard to justify on the night
2: going, mm. yeah,
0: well, I'm afraid you'll take him on, even the, though the, the, even the, though the, you've missed four out of five in, in training. But yesterday. the training
2: ground strips it of context, doesn't it? And I think that's perhaps where Southgate didn't quite get it right. But as we said, you know, we're talking with the aid of hindsight. If Saka puts that in, or if Rashford gets it the right side of the post instead of the wrong side of the post, it's a different ball game, isn't it? Because if, um, you know, um, Rashford puts that in, it puts England back in front, and it swings the momentum the other way.
0: Penalties is one of those things as well that people always say, "Well, you can't, you can't practice it." But that's the same for all sports. That's whether no, it? no, it's, it's, it's not true, is it? It's not true.
1: It's not true. You yeah. can, you can. It's just Look skill at Harry it? Maguire; he's pra- practiced yeah. that. And that's like great
0: you know, I'm sure if you're in the Olympic javelin final, there's more pressure on that than when you're practicing, but you still do it mm-hmm. all and day, was- every day, don't you? And so I, I don't want to, crit- I won't criticize too much the method for it and the idea of actually bringing on people who can take penalties seemed sensible as well, whether or not they had enough time to. I don't think either to, did he either get a touch before the penalty. Yeah, Rashford
1: Rashford had it right, right back. Right back didn't he? <laughs> yes, of course, <laughs> there's he did, some yeah. desperate defending <laughs> going on, but I think that's where um, the conversation about Southgate's kind of game management and the way it changes things and his conservatism comes through. Because even if, um, like, maybe Saka would have ended up having to take a penalty anyway, but and. Basing it on who is really good at them in training is a good tactic, but in that situation, looking around at the end of extra time and the, knowing how the game had gone for Saka, you just you need one of the other players maybe to say, "I know we've got the order set, but I don't think I'm going to go in front of him. I think somebody should take that one." And I don't know how um how flexible it is whether you are allowed under the regulations. You know, if it gets to the fifth penalty, somebody can. Just Decide no, I'm going to take. I don't this think one. you can. I don't think you no. can. But before that, it needed just I didn't for a second think you would score. There were the two moments I put my kind of um, it was quite an Italian gesture. I, I this doesn't work until we start putting these on YouTube, but I went um, which kind of a shock. Like when you, you stick your hand in the air, it's like what is happening here. Was when Rashford started stuttering, I just kind of put my hand in the air, I was like, oh, I just fucking missed yeah. this, yeah. And then when they I saw took, he took
2: forever to take that, didn't he? And then when forever.
1: I saw um, Saka going up to take his, I did my hand, I was like, Right, we've fucked it.
2: But then again, that, that that with Rashford, it's a little bit like Johnny Wilkinson did with um, with the rugby, wasn't it? It's like it's get your method, set the ball, visualise
0: it, know what you're doing and The difference ju- is though, you, there's an, there's another moving part in football. When Johnny Wilkinson's doing it, he's just got to kick it. No, I, I know that. but you Rashford's method
2: is waiting the same, for the though.
0: he's waiting for the keeper to move though
2: yeah but Kane's the same isn't it it's about
0: it's about get
2: it in your head do the routine and work your way through the routine and it and...
1: works for Jorginho most of the time mm. apart mm. from it was a brilliant save but Pickford's save I think was a work of arts for complicated reasons that maybe you <laughs> don't need to hear about but I think the um, his use for sports I've never seen somebody so obviously enthralled to sports psychology than Jordan Pickford preparing to face that penalty where he's actually... um, What was he shouting? Well, I think the... the, It's okay, it's okay. Yeah, it's no problem. I think it was the the way the commentators um, kind of read his lips, but then he actually started beating the ground before the penalty. In his interviews about the sort of the sports psychology side of things, he said, you know, I'm much calmer now. And I don't know which one of his defenders uh, wants to stand up and say, yeah, you're fucking not. But Jorginho's penalty style has generally been accepted as pretty much unstoppable. There was something about the way Jordan Pickford was beating the ground before that, that reminded me of like, it's the stereotypical image of a tortured artist who is blocked and can't, you know, doesn't know where to put the brush on his masterpiece next. And then suddenly he saves it and he's chucking the paint around and it's this incredible release. and um, yeah, he deserved... Uh, he des- We could do... I, I mean, I said it about Pickford earlier, but then going back to the Kane and Saka thing where they're just not talking to each other about a pass going astray, we could really do with a, a clone of Jordan Pickford up the pit to just bring some <laughs> of that intensity. Because so often, Harry Kane is just on his own and there's nobody around him to sort of say anything to him. There's, I think the uh, for all the attacking talent England has... Um, I don't know if they've yet matured into characters and leaders at that end of the pitch because Kane is, although he's the captain, he's a, he's quiet, isn't he?
0: I do feel sorry for Pickford because in in most circumstances, you've, you think you've saved two out of five penalties. You think in I write national hero? Yeah, you know he's he, he could have been the man that had that would be held up as being like Sir Jordan Pickford has has done this for England. he's saved these penalties. He's done what Peter he's Shilton only he's done what Peter <laughs> Shilton and David Seaman couldn't do and all this, but. Yeah, I mean the other thing with the penalties. I don't know about you two. I'm admittedly a bad footballer, but I feel such an anxiety from that behind the, the behind the taker yeah, angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The net looks tiny. But like <laughs> even watching it on TV, I think I would. There's absolutely no way I'm putting this in because you kind of visualise it because of, because of the angle it zooms in. He's moving so. Much. He goes and you're like, he's massive. The net's really not that big when he's in there, and he's. He's going to obviously be able to move as well, I mean, which uh, makes it even more difficult. Uh, How on earth am I ever expected to score this? A football net, what is it? It's
2: 24 by 8 feet, isn't it? That's a lot of square footage. I can't do the maths off the top of my head, but while I work that
1: out, you talk about it. <laughs> and Donnarumma is about 20 feet tall, isn't he? So it's um, he, he does fill the fill the goal. There's 192 square feet you've got to play with, and the
2: ball's only, what, a foot square? You've got, so you've got 192 squares that you could put it in,
0: or thereabouts. It looks, it looks an impossibility me from that angle which is maybe reflects what a bad footballer I am yeah it's it seems harsh to end any tournament that way doesn't it but we won I'd have thought it was great
2: (laughs) yeah yeah I mean that's the thing ultimately we were were, for all you know for all the the tactical inflexibility or lack of action or lack of rolling the dice England were in it until the final kick of the game
0: I mean at least Phillips didn't miss (laughs) which I know is something we covered he also played really really well he did Uh, he's been he's arguably been the player of the tournament, he'd certainly be in there as England's player of the tournament. I think Sterling was really good, and probably until yesterday, he would have had a chance of it. I think Phillips, though, has been—he's been a breakout star of it because most people, I imagine, in certainly in other countries, won't have seen all that much of Calvin Phillips because he's not played in the Champions League and what have you. And he's been—he's been brilliant in every game. Sometimes he's been in a fairly understated in in the stuff he's done, but. Like he's he looking at his stats and everything as well like his pressing actions and all that kind of stuff has been so far away ahead of everybody else in the England team it's um,
2: well t- it, hold it, hold that thought for for a second because we haven't done any stickers for a while and that's far more important than talking about our
1: best player I, I stuck in the uh, um is the Russian lad who probably sums up how a lot of the uh, nation is feeling Daniel Fumin Fumin
0: the reason I've not mentioned mine is because top of my pile is Cristiano Ronaldo oh, he has got the golden boot didn't he as well He's
1: already uh, in here, upside down. I got Jaden Sancho.
2: I've got, um, I've got some vertical half and halves, uh, Turks, Croats, and Russians. There you go. Enjoy those. And then I've got Jan Tonga. We know, we know that one, don't we? Jonathan Williams from Wales. Oh, I got his uh, his brother Necrophiliac as well. Yeah, Lucas Hernandez, the uh, pretend Frenchman. There you go. Camel Glick, one of Clicky's mates. Glick and Click. Still waiting for Click. Philip Hellander for the. uh, L-U-S-C-O-S-Lot, and um, Dominic,
1: Sub- I, can't, I know I should I should know how to say that. Dom. Dom from Hungary. Sub- 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 Hungarian yeah. Dom. Um, what's he called? Dominic Sabalaslai. Yeah, they're yeah. close.
0: I've got a fairly a fairly high-caliber pack here. I've got um, Kevin De Bruyne and Andrew Robertson, plus some others. <laughs> <laughs> it won't bother naming because, well, it's over now and it? it's a waste of time. Stupid game.
2: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, next week, we'll flip back to the Square Ball podcast when Calvin becomes ours again and let's talk about him and how good he was as we get into the League United side of things because he was brilliant it feels like I don't know there a been a coming of age type journey gone on with this uh, this Euro 2020 tournament with Calvin that like you say he's now he's known on the on the
0: European stage isn't he if not the world stage for his skills he's always been ours through this whole process I've never felt like he was England's we let him borrow him for a bit but he's always been ours the stuff like the video that the club put out On the day of the game and stuff as well. Like, that was all just, that was all, it was all just lovely, wasn't it? The stuff kicking it off with his mum. And I was, I was kind of already a bit like, I'm proud of you, too, Calvin. (laughs) But I think that was the nice vibe with the Philip stuff was like his mum was saying, no matter what happens in Leeds, we're all, we're all, we all love you. Doesn't matter. (laughs) you, You could have missed that penalty. It wouldn't have mattered. We would have, we would have still been thoroughly proud of you.
2: Everything was wholesome. The Granny Val shirt was wholesome. The fact that he was there with his flag. The fact, and we haven't mentioned it yet, that he got his silver medal, and rather than ripping it off like everybody else, he kissed it because mm. it's an honour to win. And I, and I just thought, I thought it showed such great humility and um, something we can
0: all be proud of. I think the taking medals things off has become a bit performative in recent years. It's like players don't want to be seen to be embracing a- losing, accepting yeah. it. And I can, I think, I can see why you, the whole process is a bit awkward. That you have to go up and get a thing, and you're like, well.
2: they stayed. Him and Henderson were the two that stayed out to watch. Italy left the trophy, weren't they? The rest of them, I think, left the field.
0: So I I didn't watch any of it, to be honest. Well, I was
2: busy putting my son to bed. That was actually talking about moments that moved you. It was when Saka got upset that I really felt it. Prior to that, I was like, oh, well, we've been here before. It's fine. And then my little lad, you know, like bless him up until 11 o'clock and he's gone to school today mm. on Monday. And he was stood in the, in the bathroom. We're just doing his teeth like, after 11 o'clock. And, um, I could just see it in his eyes. There's something wrong in his eyes. You know, when your kids are mm. about to... And he, and he went, he just burst into tears. Obviously, he's tired. I was like, are you all right? And he just said, I wanted him to win. And I was like, I know, I get it. I said, look, there were twenty, yeah. there were 24 teams in that and they came second. It's it's not bad. They came really close. And remember, it's only a game. And I could hear, you know, me
0: speaking to my younger self as well. Thinking, this will all just harden you. You'll just get used to it. God, I remember my mum used to say that to me. She still says it to me now, actually, in <laughs> fairness. She still says, it's only a game, you know.
2: Shut up, motherfucking Fucking hell. <laughs> um,
0: in fact, I've, I've said before, I think that I think my relationship with England is healthier than yeah. my one with Leeds United because I am all right today. I'm disappointed and I really wish we'd won. It would have been a lovely thing to have in our lifetimes, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. I'm I'm sad we've missed the experience of it and the joy of it. But then we've got Leeds. Yeah. That's coming up soon. And I can... I'm, I'm, probably, I'm looking I'm so excited it's like, like
2: who's our central midfielder going to be I've, I've woke up today thinking oh well, that was a bit of a blow last night I'm a bit tired but who are we going to buy
1: now <laughs> just to flip uh, backwards then forwards on the the medals thing uh, 1975 European Cup final all the Leeds players despite winning the game they were given uh, losers medals by mistake and they all dumped them on a table in the dressing room because as Billy Brommer always said you are getting out for winning coming second and um it was Jimmy Armfield. You know David Haig that then, didn't you? I know. Uh <laughs> Jimmy Armfield got a, a carrier bag and put them all in a bag um after the dog gone. And then um and then apparently he ended up uh walking down the middle of a like on the central reservation of a of a boulevard in Paris at about three in the morning with a bottle of champagne and a bag of losers' medals. But the point is it's it has become more noticeable lately that players have sort of taken them straight off again. But I think it has a, a history to it. The fact that Calvin then um, took his off but kissed it in the process to kind of be like, yeah, I don't want to wear this, but it does actually mean that something to me does just elevate him above all those other fucking losers <laughs> in that horrible team. Um, <laughs> and then the flash forwards, if you want, um, is, was I watched your boy Rodrigo de Paul in the, um, the build-up the two hours before the European Championship final rather than uh, fire flares out of my backside or. Um, or attempt to um, storm through a turnstile that I had no right to go to, or smashing up a pizza shop, or whatever I was supposed to be doing as an England fan. Watched, Why were you not naked? Or oh, maybe you were. I was. Yeah, I, t- <laughs> I took all my clothes off <laughs> and uh, jumped up and down on the sofa and um, and did what no football fan should ever do and watched a football game. Catherine Wheel. The, uh, Catherine Wheel in the sphincter. I watched the um, the Copa America final with man of the match Rodrigo de Paul Mm. absolutely stunning long pass for the winning goal by um, Angel Di Maria who it's okay to like because he was terrible at scum presumably on purpose and then he set up Messi at the end was set up by the absolutely fantastic like Pablo Hernandez-esque slide rule pass into the penalty you know and de Paul is just standing on the wing and you think oh maybe cross it from here or there's because there's only a couple of minutes left, he might just pass it backwards or keep it short or something. Instead, he's doing that Pablo thing of waiting until all the players have moved into the positions where he wants them. And then this slide rule pass across the penalty area between at least 17 defenders to find Messi and put him in the six-yard box against the goalkeeper and Messi in the big sort of validation game where he finally wins the international trophy that he wanted has been given this absolute gift by Argentina's number seven and the silly little twat just falls over. <laughs> um, but you no, know, De Paul was great. I can sort of see why he's not a Leeds player because he didn't, or a Bielsa player because he didn't run around a lot. He's I not don't run know, backwards. I don't know if that's kind of a, mm. a a tactical thing for Argentina is he's not being asked to, to press much, but he seems to, to favour a more relaxed start, but yeah, he was fucking great. Not coming though, is he? No, so your midfield dreams will have to be satisfied by I'm, somebody else. I'm fine with him not coming to
2: Leeds. I would have liked it to happen, but it did feel like it was last summer or never. But that dream is gone. We we have other dreams and thankfully there are more footballers out there than Rodrigo De Paul. There's Dan James and Ryan Kent who who we will be linked. Please can we have Rodrigo De Paul? <laughs> who we will be linked with Forever. Well, Scottish Mailer linking linking us with Dan James again. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we went back in for him because we know what Victor Otter's like in terms of trying to get players like because he's because of what happened with Swansea. It almost feels like he's hell bent to get Dan James signed one way or another, doesn't it? And I feel less bothered about signing Dan James now. I've got I gotta be honest. There's part of me though, from a purely scientific point of view, I, I th- but I think our our perception of Dan James has probably been coloured a little bit by Rafinha and how good he is. And you look at Dan James and he looks like much more of a raw footballer now. And he's a speed merchant, but doesn't have the end product that like Rafinha's got. But I suspect and I would like to see
1: Bielsa mold him into a proper footballer and do what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can't. That's the plot, isn't it? Yep. We sign Dan James and we turn him into an absolute world beater. And he leads Wales to victory at the next World Cup. Meanwhile, Uh, Jaden Sancho, shell-shocked from missing the penalty in the semi-final, um, signs for scum and becomes a shadow of the player that um, the Bundesliga has enjoyed and um, retires aged 23. (laughs) So that's that's kind of how the stars are aligning. Very
0: specific. Dan James is 23 now. I I feel like he should maybe be better now he's 23. Well,
1: he's fucked it up by going there, hasn't he? You may as well... It's like... um, you know Ben White's career is over the day he walks. He signs for Arsenal, isn't it? Yep. Just signing for these terrible, crushing, destructive clubs. It's a bit like old Junior Furpo getting him out of Barcelona, which has been absolutely no good for him whatsoever. Come to a proper club, and we'll turn you into a, a proper player. And uh, Dan James still has still has time.
2: Uh, I've got some vertical half and halves. We've got uh, Russia, the Czechs. And I'm, I keep
1: confusing Slovenia and Slovakia, so it's one of those. There you go. Who were these mystery people? Albert Rusnak. You can't say that. Robert Bezenic, Roman Zobnin. You may have just noticed
2: that my Artem Zuba, my, my enthusiasm for reading out footballers who've participated in the tournament that we lost
1: in the final of, has diminished. Well, here's Alex Král and Lukas Majupushed. I've just got. got um, I quite like I've that got got some, one. Lukas a pair of
2: fins though, Nikolai Alho, and Rasmus Schuler. Um, both on their own. Rasmus individual... is a good name, isn't yeah. it? Oh, their individual uh, stickers. He looks
1: quite. Um... It's that band, the Rasmus, wasn't it? But I've got. Um... It's a bit of a conversational dead end. Yeah. That was a band, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> yes. the band.
2: Yeah, he's um he's got a lock of hair just spilling down from his fringe a little bit, like Superman had. Do you remember Clark Kent when he was uh, what's his name, Christopher Reeve, when he just mm-hmm. had a lock of hair down on his forehead. So maybe Rasmus Schuler is a secret superhero. We'll never know. I've got my well, not wearing Rashford. glasses, is he? Oh, bless him, poor lad.
0: I feel bad because he's, he's a, a strange character Is Rashford, isn't he? Because it's hard not to appreciate him in, in the lots of ways. But then he's a, a scumbastard and he missed a penalty. So <laughs> it's very hard, to, very hard oh, yeah. to know where to place him I've at said, the moment. As much as we've said, there's a, there's
2: a great deal of sympathy for this great bunch of lads. On the opening day at Old Trafford, if we have away fans in, I want 3,000 fans berating Sancho and Rashford uh, for, uh, for letting the country down, etc, etc else have we got then? So Slovakia is the one that I was looking at. It's the same as the Russian flag, but with a fancy shield in the middle. So I've got um, Andrzej Duda. Scouse, isn't he? <laughs> Eric Garcia, Spaniard. And we got Yusuf Poulsen, who I believe we've already had from Denmark, because I commented on the fact they looked very sad when we knocked them out, which you know has come back to bite me on the arse now. Well, we got further than them. This is true. This is true. Um, Ryan Kent's been linked again to Leeds not only by the Athletic, but Carlton Palmer, uh, <laughs> font of all knowledge. And
1: the, if you uh, can't trust Carlton Palmer, who can you trust? England, uh, England's stalwart number four. He's a striker, wasn't he? I mean, we had that debate at some point about whether he played uh, mostly as a central defender or a central midfielder at Leeds, and the truth is um, a bit of both. But the reports where he's confidently asserting that we're signing Ryan Kent, because Carlton Palmer knows these things, uh, talk about him being an England legend striker, don't they? It's
0: very well. Are you you suggesting that the websites that he is speaking to are not particularly reputable or well-researched? Well, the the link
2: that we've got here on the sheet for this article links to a website called footballtransfertavern.com
1: I always get all my proper news from a tavern where you... uh, (laughs) Is um, that where
2: you drink your flagons of ale? Yes,
1: it's it's where you get the most stuff, but... uh, Oh, no, it seems to have been... This one does have him down as a former Leeds United midfielder. I think it was... It was,
0: might have been the other week. He was yeah, a striker.
1: last week he was a striker. So somebody... Unless he's moved from a, a tavern to a hostelry. and But yeah, this one is uh, exclusive. Carlton Palmer can't see Leeds United giving up on Ryan Kent. Was it Palmer as well who suggested that uh, he wouldn't be surprised if Llorente made a move away
2: from Leeds this summer? Oh,
0: that's what he was talking about the other week, wasn't yeah, it?
2: Because he'd been injury-plagued, of course.
0: Yeah. That was it. And yes, When he said, it wouldn't matter if he left, but it'd be good if he stayed because he's a good player. But it, if he goes or he stays, both of those things would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Carlton. Thanks Exclusive. You. Thanks for the insight
2: there. Uh, what did you think of Dimitar Berbatov suggesting that Calvin Phillips could play for uh, a big club one day? I goes, mean...
1: These people all just need to get jobs, don't they? Mm. Stop talking.
0: How much is Calvin
2: Phillips worth now? Eighty to hundred million, I think, is your price now.
0: Pro- probably is. Yeah. De- that's what people are talking about for Declan Rice at some point when he he's constantly lit with. I mean, I think he's maybe died down a bit now. Lampard has left um, Chelsea because Chelsea he's they've got a more slightly more creative manager in charge. But that was Lampard's solution to them having a shit defense, wasn't it? Was that he was just wanting to buy Declan Rice? And ba- yeah, that back, was that was going to be. ad
2: with back because they'd let him go as a Ute hadn't they? Had they? I, I think, think so. I yeah. I think he,
0: he'd been released from Chelsea. He oh, yeah, he was mates with Mason Mount, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So if if he's worth eighty million, so is Calvin. Absolutely. Easy. Yeah. And he can run further. But we're not selling him, so that's also fine. We'll just we'll just keep a player who's worth eighty million pounds the, in our midfield.
2: The Leeds United anxiety, and I don't want to fuel this on on what is the Pablo anniversary. It's exactly one year ago today that Pablo scored at, uh, at Swansea, so it should be a day of great joy for us. The anxiety around Leeds now is that. Calvin has shown himself to be a player of the highest quality and he is now worth 80 to 100 million pounds. So we need to progress fast enough now to sate his insatiable desire for medals because he enjoyed his silver medal. I think we should sort him out with some gold ones
0: and win some stuff. Just win some stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we could do that. We might also have to pay him as if he's an 80 million pound player as well, which mm. is the it, which is the thing that it hasn't been an issue in the last few years, but it used to be an issue when we had players like Gradle and Snodgrass in League One and the Championship, and they they would go to Bates and say, if you're saying I'm worth £3 million, why am I getting paid this? Mm.
2: <laughs> Which was a fair question. Which, by the way, just to refer you over to the Extra Ball, when we spoke to Bradley Johnson, that was touched upon. That was That's worth a listen, because he said that was the culture at Leeds, wasn't it? Like He'd ask for money, they'd say no, and then him and Susanna would bombard you with phone calls <laughs> on a Friday afternoon.
0: I mean, I don't think that's going to come to that with Calvin, and he's under contract for another couple of years, isn't he? Anyway, another three. I think he signed a five-year deal. Then he went when he re-signed. But um, well, what is he now?
2: Twenty-five. Why don't we give him a ten-year contract? I think we should do that.
1: Or if we need to satisfy his lust for gold medals, take the JPT really seriously and play him in that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Because I mean, that's you can have a couple of old, older age. Players and you put a player of that quality up against twenty-one-year-olds from. We're playing Salford, Tranmere, and Oldham, aren't we? Is it Oldham? He can beat those on his own. So, chance for glory. They are grown men of
0: those teams. It's just our. No, it's just our, be it's just our than, youngsters.
1: Uh, he'll be better than them, though. When he gets to be a a leader, doesn't he? Admittedly, a leader of seventeen-year-olds. Who, who's but... um speaking of small children? Mikkel Damsgaard. He looks like a like a little child. Uh, with
2: his
0: well, bon- bonny face. He's got the face of a child and the, the hairline of like a middle-aged man, though, I feel quite, <laughs> he's quite sorry for <laughs> him. He looks like he's he's going bald before he's grown any facial hair, which mm-hmm. is, a, I mean, I, I'm a man who went bald prematurely, but I don't know. It, you went bald at exactly the right time, Michael, <laughs> and don't let anybody tell you different. <laughs> but my face kind of suited looking at being old. Yes. He's, he's got, he you, looks you don't, so... You
2: don't look cold. Your face suits your head.
0: Yeah, he looks like he'd, he'd be so out of place if he was bald. I feel like we can... But, I mean, he can, can have a hair transplant, can't he? He um, can afford it, can't look he? Up, look at Wayne he looks he looks so youthful. Well, one of the things I want to raise is
2: who's added it to our sheet of notes here because someone said he's um, he's up for 25 million from Sampdoria, which flies in the face of what their president was saying and they're on about 45, 50
0: million euro. It was some from some nonsense transfer rumours thing. Not getting him, are we? No, are we bollocks? He no. just scored a goal against England, so he's just been linked with people. He'd been linked with us in about a dozen other clubs. Everton will probably buy him, because that's the sort of thing they'll do. Mm. Or Arsenal.
1: That's one of the interesting things about the Copa America final. Who do you think was uh, Brazil's starting striker? Was it Richarlison? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? And then they also had a player called Everton. Who does he play for? Brazil. That's confusing, isn't it? Yeah, and then they had Richarlison, who plays for Everton. Playing did, they for have, Brazil. did
0: they have Alan who plays for Everton as well?
1: I can't remember seeing um, Alan. They had uh, Alisson was on the bench. That's a bit like Alan.
0: If they'd had Rafinha, they might have won. True. What were their wingers like in that game? Terrible. Well, there you go then. Brazil until they get Rafinha in there, set of losers.
2: But then obviously we'll panic about keeping Rafinha after that because he'll be worth a hundred million pounds as well. Tell you who's going out. Doesn't appear to be for much of a transfer fee. Young lad by the name of Kiko Casilla came with a very high profile from um, one of the uh, the big European Super
1: League clubs. Heard of him? Real Madrid. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's leaving. Our under 23s isn't he? It's a bit like um, Kun Timanov came from Barcelona and it's now been shipped out since. And then uh, yeah, uh, Kiko Casilla having similar impacts and now um, yeah, go and go and get some game time at a at a, at a proper club. Elche. Victor Orta used to be the sporting director so maybe he's pulled in a few favours there please just take him well the implication is that we might be sending a few players to Elche and I just hope it's not sort of dependent on. well we'll see how the first one goes who should we send Calvin
0: Phillips keep him out of harm's way unless it's genuinely could be part of a deal where we say if you want these players you actually want you also need to take this one <laughs> <laughs> like please we can't have him around the place anymore I mean Bielsa seems to have been perfectly happy to have him around so I can only assume he's not a complete knobhead behind the scenes, but it is just for the best for everyone from all aspects that he yeah. leaves. It's the it fo- like footballing a...
2: aspects and the non-footballing aspects that that, and that particular circle is never going to be squared. So he just needs to go, doesn't he? And if we do need um, a backup goalkeeper,
0: then Burnley, it seems are willing to let Bailey Peacock Farrell go. He's been linked with a loan move to Sheffield Wednesday, <laughs> he? That
2: surprises me given that he's, he's an international class goalkeeper and, uh, you know, absolutely bulletproof
1: confidence the lad. <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday of all the places <laughs> for him to go. Um <laughs> they don't even pay the players. Uh, the, will they even have a defence in front of him? Will they even pay him? Is Tom Lee still there? No, he's well actually the Tom Lee situation is interesting. I've not checked up on it, but he did his um ankle ligaments just before the last game of the season and was then out of contract, so he's got a bit of a Berardi well Berardi thing going on where he's Injured without a deal. I don't know how that was going to... He was being linked with um, Huddersfield at one point. I suppose the fact that they took old crazy eyes, what's he called with the broken knees? Richard and, um, Keogh. Richard Keo suggests they'll take a haggard looking defender <laughs> in whatever condition they find them. But um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about Bailey Peacock Farrell going to Sheffield Wednesday because I don't you know, actually wish him any ill or harm. And I feel that that's all that he's going to get there. But I also think that a goalkeeper who can't defend his near post seems like a very good way of taking Sheffield Wednesday down even further, which I I can't deny would make me smile. I think, I'm pretty sure I said when we sold him that I was,
0: I didn't think he was anything like good enough for the championship. So to get a Premier League move was ridiculous. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if after this, he continues in this same direction. Having had the climb, I wonder if he's now back on the way down and he, he might eventually find himself at, Accrington or somewhere in three or four years.
1: Well, it was all the thing when, um, before he broke into the team under Paul Heckingbottom, the academy staff were all of the opinion that they should release him at the end of the season, that he wasn't going to make it at Leeds and just let him go. And then, uh, because Vidvald and Lonergan were both having their own goalkeeping disaster off to see who could be the most um, flaccid and useless, Bailey Peacock-Farrell stepped in and was firm and strong ad- It he was
0: adequate I, I mean, think the, he's, he's probably the best way to describe him in that season he, uh, he didn't make a mistake every single game
1: I think was it his debut at Wolves where he conceded three but had a really good game <laughs> and it's like that was very much um, how he got on with uh, with Bailey Peacock Farrell and he did you know he was fine for a while but it's not sustainable you can't have Bailey Peacock Farrell as your goalkeeper hey, but... speaking of uh, reserve keepers I've got the Italian reserve
2: keeper there Salvatore uh, Sidigul. Not, I think
0: he um, was um, Silvestri. I can't remember the name of the person who sent us this, but there was some sort of points ranking system for players in the Premier League, and Billy Peacock Farrell was ranked as the worst player in the entire league last yeah, season. Which that, is some yeah. going, like incredibly impressive to be the, to manage to be the, the very bottom of the pile. Just as we, you know, you have to give credit to people who like like Messi, who are consistently winning the Ballon d'Or and stuff. To be to be the very worst player in in a league, in a points. whole league. That's not just a team. But, I mean. I, most teams will have played, what, 25 players or something across the season as well. So you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of players, thousands maybe. I think he and was, there
1: he is. I think he was about 400 out of 400.
2: Which, you know, at least it's the top 500. That's all <laughs> yes. I'll say. Are you looking forward to seeing League United play in highlighter yellow? Nah, not really. Pretty gross. It's amazing, like we said last time, like the, the fine lines between a good kit and a bad kit, and it just doesn't feel like a good kit, this one. But, you know, if we if we win games in it, if we go to Old Trafford on the opening day and our shiny shoulders secure as
1: a victory, then great. There um, is a, um, a fine line as well between a, a good kit launch and a bad kit launch. And I think if you think about... All we, the, we
2: haven't had either yet.
1: Well, <laughs> and if you think about all the people who are buying Phillips 14 England shirts now who could have been buying Calvin Phillips Leeds United shirts if the kit was available to buy, somebody's fucked up, haven't they?
2: Yeah, I, t- I never understand this, why we wait for so long to launch the kits like a lot of teams seem to have them available like for either the final game of the season or i mean i know we've had the pandemic and all the rest of it and people have not been able to travel on holiday but people like buying club shirts to wear on holiday and they will willingly hand over their money to secure one so they can wear it on the beach wherever they're going i
1: wonder if sponsorship has something to do with it because the jd sleeve deal last season was Announced quite late, wasn't it? So yeah. I assume it was arranged quite late. Even the. Um,
0: I mean, because what we well, did, we didn't get promoted until quite late. Yeah. The shirts and were it, out, weren't they? And you could go back to the shop mm, and have it stuck on, I think,
1: if you. And if even you were desperate the, uh, the top it was sort of all dependent on what league we were going to be in. But at least because of the um, SBO top thing, it's a multi year contract. So you could have some confidence about what you're sticking on it this year. But I think JD was only one yeah, yeah. year. So I don't know if they're kind of pissing around trying to work out who else is going to be on the kit so they can't release it until you know whatever sponsorship contract's been signed off and all this kind of nonsense but
0: accidentally printed enterprise insurance and all
1: the sleeves, Flamingo land <laughs> um, but it's uh, yeah it could whatever it is you would hope maybe next year we'll have like a multi-year or this new one will be a multi-year sleeve sponsor and it will mean it can all be sorted before where are we August <laughs>
2: It's only um, what is it, twelve days? No, fifteen days. Sorry, until we play Geisley, we play them on the twenty seventh. So we've only got two weeks to wait until we play Geisley. And that week's a right festival
1: of football as well. Three games in three days.
0: I suspect the Geisley one will be looking a little bit reservey, But someone did um did tweet a team sheet at me from when we played Geisley a while ago, and bizarre is that the players that are on it, I, I, they're just people from different eras. I'll, I'll run through it just because it's. It's, I find it kind of interesting to think. These people, I'd, I'd never imagined them ever being on the pitch at the same time. Silvestri, Zach Thompson, Tom Lees, Ross Killick, Charlie Taylor, Lewis Cook, Michael Tong, Tommaso Bianchi, David Norris, Steve Morrison, Dakara, then a bench of Stuart Taylor, Sam Byram, Scott Wotton, Jason Pierce, Stephen Warnock, Rudy Austin, Luke Murphy, Ad White, Noel Hunt, Lewis Walters, Matt Smith and Gattano Berardi.
2: I think at least at least five to ten of those players are the same person, aren't they? They're identical footballers. I
1: went to that game and... Was, it,
0: that was 19th of July, 2014. For
1: yeah, England. I was behind the goal. And yet a lifetime ago. I was behind our goal at the start. So behind Silvestri and um, in the first couple of minutes... Did you say Killick started? He did. Yeah, Killick got the ball and he passed it back to Silvestri and he played it to Bianchi, who our new, we'd apparently signed the next Perlo. And then he passed it back to Silvestri and then he gave it to Killock. And you're thinking, oh, this is, this is Hockaday's team. And this is quite slick football. This is, this is all right. And then Killock gave it to Bianchi and, and he gave it to Silvestri and, and <laughs> Silvestri played it to Bianchi. And he turned, yeah. he sort of turned around and gave it like back it, to Silvestri. Bit and like, England, that- like England, like England, <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking around at people and going like, are we, are we going to, are we going to get out of our penalty area at some point it, it just seemed like it went on Is it for hours you, do you uh, hate possession based football surely well,
0: surely Michael Tong and David Norris will have been providing some dynamism in the midfield
1: it just it was such a disaster from the very <laughs> beginning I think Lewis was scored didn't he do
0: you know what? I don't even know what the result was I do know that Ben Parker and uh, Gavin Rothery Leeds legends were, were in the team for Geisley that day
1: 2-0 win two goals in the last five minutes from Jason Pearce and Mathieu Smith
0: that was the Hockaday plan, you see. You thought it was you thought it was boring. He was just grinded him down. That sort of football can beat Geisley, <laughs> and, and if he'd have only been allowed to stay long enough, we could have been playing Geisley week in week out. I think with Hockaday.
2: Well, we just had some uh, just some breaking news, which won't be breaking to you by the time you hear this. But um, we've just learned that Mick Bates has died, or it's become public knowledge. Which we knew that he was uh, he was not very well. Didn't we, Michael? Because we spoke to Eddie Gray, and he was chatting to us off air about the fact that Mick wasn't particularly well. So. Thoughts with his his family and friends, but he's been un, unwell for a while. And um, Eddie said last time he saw him, you know, he, was, he wasn't looking in particularly uh, good health, and really felt for him. So um, yeah, best wishes to the to the Bates family and uh, and friends for that, because it's an, another massive high profile player. was he wasn't considered a central like in the in the Reavy squad and stuff as maybe some of the other big names that we have lost in recent times, but crucial because squads were tiny back then.
1: He's a player's player, I think would be. Um, Mick Bates is um, probably not the one that anybody had posters of on the wall. And Although I do remember this, uh, there's a picture in one of the old like topical times annuals from the 70s of um, Mr. and Mrs. Bates, Mick and uh, Jill, I think, outside their house at the entrance, like a home with the stars kind of photograph. So he did have some profile, but, but yeah, a player that's sort of appreciated in Leeds and appreciated by his teammates because he could always just he wasn't as versatile as Maidley, who played hundreds and hundreds of games in every position. Mick Bates was there that if um Billy Bremner or Johnny Charles were absent in midfield, he would step in. You know, he played nearly two hundred games doing that. And you don't play for a team as good as Leeds United that many times and win as many things as he did without being that good. And um yeah, it's sort of a question. If you if you'd been at another club, how revered he would have been as a as a great of some other team. Instead, he'll be remembered as a, a great at Leeds United by people who understand Leeds United. He's one of ours, I think. Is the is the point I'm trying to get across. He, it won't be a a name that resonates across football, particularly today, when everybody's obsessed with whether Jack Grealish wanted to take a penalty or not. But in uh, Leeds and New Yorkshire, people will know and um, people of the era will... If you know, you know. That's kind of where yeah. you, you get to with, with some players sometimes. And he's, um, he's one like that.
2: And unfortunately, all these players are, are of an age and well, we're losing them now. And I don't know, we just need to wrap Eddie up in cotton wool for God's sake because he's, he's so bloody precious. And it's, it's another name to add to the list of names that we've got to pay tribute to when we get back to the Everton game in what is it, f- five weeks now? Six weeks or something? Anyway, listen, let's... Um, Let's close out the Euro ball because we'll flip back over to the normal format, which will sound a lot like this one, to be perfectly honest.
1: It still, just without
0: stickers, really? No,
1: I think we should carry on with the stickers because just it, collect some other ones. You can get like um, we get the Panini album for next next season, can't we? I'll think to something else, like maybe just like nature. We'll, we'll get some one about animals.
2: Well, I've opened my last pack and I've got uh, a Swedish 50-50 of Victor Klasen and uh, Albin Eckdal and Yannick Vestergaard from Denmark. We've got. One of uh, Clicky's mates, uh, Jacek Goralski. Again, apologies on the pronunciation. Polish lad. Still no Click himself, though. No. And uh, Andre, oh, Christ. This has got this has got accents and circles above letters and stuff like that. Mad shit that I don't understand that's in the Czech language. Go
1: on, have a go. Andre Czelewska. There you go. It's finally all right. Convince me. I thought we got Click. Well, he ain't in the album. All oh, right. So somebody must have nicked him. I look
2: at a lot of pictures of his face, probably just just confusing some of those. I imagine if we have got him
1: when he's in the album, I imagine him to be grinning. What group were they in? Don't know, do you? Nope. That That sounds like a football question. Right, Group E. Let's see. Double check that he's not hiding in here somewhere. We haven't got him on a half and half. He is empty. Nope. Sticker 472 ain't there. Incidentally, just as we wrap this up, how
2: many stickers do you think we've got in there versus how many we need just a rough estimate um
1: i think we're a long way i
0: think we're not even halfway oh, there are we
1: yeah we're not even bon jovi in it it's expensive business isn't it these stickers yeah i know what are we going to do with the album now bin
0: <laughs> just, just <laughs> feels a little bit a little bit wasteful i'm going to throw it on the motorway verge <laughs> like mcdonald's do go full ross mccormack yeah exactly <laughs> let's fly let's let's write our names on it then fly tip it Right, let me just look at Euro 2020
2: stickers, because Amazon were doing a deal, weren't they? So we either go all in on this, and they've knocked down a 50-pack on Amazon. A 50-pack is £27.86. It's on deal of the
0: day on Amazon. Will it drop further, though? What else are they going to do with them? Um, I want to complete this really cheaply in, in
1: 2022. Do your do your kids think that um, Easter falls on a Monday? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh they,
0: they open opened the advent calendar from the 3rd of the month just when they've when they've tipped over the edge 50 packs i mean oh, it's, it's this deal is not so it's, an, it's a deal of the
2: day
1: but it's on for 7 days uh so should we think about it i mean how much do you, can you think about a decision like that you either buy them or don't i mean do, do we get want get them do, do we want to spend
2: company money on, on stickers though <laughs> it's, it's not ed- a lot
1: of money though is it it's ed- like... pointless uh maybe we should should
0: we speak to the accountant we'll take it out
1: of um some of Michael's ill-gotten games from last season betting against Leeds No,
0: I've given up on that now I was, um, I'm was, i I'm a reformed character that was the championship thing that I did that, that's the thing with England I never felt any pressure to bet on the opposition for mm. England because I knew I'd be alright regardless whereas with Leeds I always felt like I needed some financial incentive to soften the blow I was like would I be alright I think I need £15,000 if Leeds don't come up this season that seems fair whereas England I just thought well We'll see you again in eighteen months, aren't we? Because there's a World Cup quite soon.
2: Well, then let's um, finish on England. Would you keep Southgate?
0: Yeah, it's got to, I suppose, have not we? And no, it's not a job anyone else wants, is it? <laughs> let's let's face it. It's not the job it used to be, is it? Where ever, any manager in the in the country would want that job. It's. Um, but I bet Big Sam would still take it. Yeah. He, he probably would. He probably he'd probably do exactly the same thing again as well. But this time, you're not going to do any side deals, are you? Because you get paid lots for doing this job, you've already got loads of money. You could just, could just not, and he'd be like, "Well, no, I won't this time." Within about a day I mean, able... I, I mean, I don't think he did side deals. He was just offering guidance, wasn't he? I mean, he, that... he was. He was doing favors, wasn't he, for yeah. for people? And if that looked, if that looked dodgy, mm. then that was a shame for him because he, he lost his job. At least, and at least Southgate's a a decent bloke and it compared to Allardyce. If he'd have got, if Allardyce had actually got us to a final, the thing is, with Allardyce, we'd have probably lost in the quarterfinals and. He's wanting a statue building of his fat fucking head. <laughs> I think that is actually one
2: great truth about this: is that Southgate is fundamentally a decent man, and it's the reason why we fall in love with Bielsa at Leeds because he's such a decent and principled character, uh, flying in
1: the face of a lot of what's going on in the world at the minute. Don't win football matches, so does it being nice? But it can. I think um, my main criticism of Southgate is: I think he needs to. He always needs to back himself a bit more. Um, I think he's got those kind of decisions in him that he needs to take to maybe be a bit more expansive or be a bit more ruthless or, you know, a bit more just needs. Sometimes like you saw Italy on the touchline last night and they're all constantly like, right, we're doing this now. Whereas you got to Southgate and he's generally talking to his coach. Like, oh, well, What do you what, reckon? Yeah. Do you think? And then, and then after that conversation, nothing happens for a while. Um and I'd, I'd like to see him kind of go with his gut a bit more and um, and bend like the, you know, going back to the penalties thing, it seems like the, the penalty lineup was decided before the game and it would have been uh, based on what happened in training. And as I've seen before, just that flexibility after in-between extra time and penalty starting to go, no, we've just seen how Saka's playing, put him to the bottom of the list, next one up, you stand up, just to bend from ne- what they next decided one was, next one was Calvin you know that was it I think so I think, he, I think he was number six I think he would have scored having seen him now um, I wouldn't have believed that before last night but having seen the way he comforted Saka and was the big brother to everybody else around him um, at the end of it all I think he was probably in the mind to, uh, to score a penalty make him captain of everything
0: of everything of, of Leeds of England What else can you be captain of um, a ship Cricket team, yeah. Cricket team, yeah. All of those,
1: yeah. Um, yeah I'm struggling to think of anything else. So the dams. He could replace Captain Sensible as their drummer. Uh, him, that Captain, what's he called? He makes the fish fingers? Birdseye. Bird's yeah. Bates.
2: Oh well, we need a good hero to replace that image, don't we? So he could make if he if he wants to be in charge of fish fingers,
0: he, he can be. <laughs> it's weird with Calvin because he's quite an understated, quiet sort of lad. But then you think, well, Harry Kane is the England captain, and he don't really say anything, does he? So let Calvin do it instead I would I would trust Calvin to do it is what I will say I I don't think he's gonna let he wouldn't let anyone down would he
2: no least of all us we love him and he's a hero should we go now yeah any games on today yeah I think there are some actually let's have a look the fixtures were I saw somebody tweet out the fixtures we do have uh, I mean
1: Chinese Super League oh we've missed that one we're in time for Jamaica versus Suriname in the CONCACAF Gold Cup if you want to stay up till 11.30 Um, Tomorrow, there's a friendly um, Hibs versus Arsenal and Hearts versus Cove Rangers. So both uh, Hibs and Hearts have got tough, equally tough opposition. Um, Champions League qualifying is happening tomorrow as well. Well, never mind all that. Wednesday at midnight, so I'm not sure if it's, I assume that's like Tuesday night. uh, Qatar versus Thomas Christensen's Panama in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. So there's uh, somebody else to get behind.
0: In, in the Uruguayan Rimera División Apertura uh, Liverpool FC are playing apparently. Such a special club. That's their badge I mean they've not put much effort into it. Let's have a look. That's, uh, that's just
2: some black and blue stripes with the letters LFC above. Hmm. That's, in, that's in like sure.
0: Times New Roman by the looks yeah. of it. Yeah.
2: There's a fixture for you to keep an eye on. 6pm tomorrow that's Tuesday the 13th Champions League qualifying first round second leg. Sheriff Tiraspol are playing against Tuta Dures and um I can't see Tutor badge, but Sheriff Tiraspol have a Sheriff's badge for a badge,
1: which I think is worth getting behind. Sunday lunchtime on MUTV, Derby <laughs> County versus Man United, the Waziruni Derby. So There's a, yeah, a game to is, salivate over. How much is your, is your subscription for that, Mosca? Oh, I mean, it's an absolute bargain. I don't even care about what I'm paying. Do you think Wayne Rooney's looking forward to the coming season? Or do you think he's... I think he's kind of wishing he'd not got involved. I mean, he's in the position where he's probably weighing up trying to go Sheffield Wednesday for Bailey Peacock Farrell, then it's not really—you
2: uh, you know not that really going well. Wayne it? Rooney's younger than you, Michael, and have you seen how old he looks? He, he does look at... He looks a hundred. It could he could pass for fifty or sixty, yeah.
0: easy. If he was if he was Nigerian, there would be rumors about his birth certificate, yeah. wouldn't they? In the way that it was with Kanu, and everyone was like, "And the guy who played for Lazio with goal Eric Manella or something," mm. people were like, "Now this is." This, this is bollocks. This is bollocks. Like, he's, he's clearly not that age. And it was the same with Rooney when he was 16. You sort of looked at him, and I'm sure he had receding hair and was, mm-hmm. like, quite stocky. And you thought, ah, fuck off. There's no way this kid's 16.
1: On the Derby County connection, Francis Lampard, during the halftime coverage yesterday, when they were saying, well, what does Gareth do in the second half? Does he uh, stick with what he's got, or does he try and attack and, uh, and get more? And Lampard, the experienced manager's assessment was, I don't know, it could be either really, couldn't it? Yeah, you know, it's one of them, try to decide that, try, you know, you could, or well, maybe you don't want to. I was like, you fucking idiot. Perfect. <laughs> how let, did you... Let, let's just stop, that's fine. That's, I, that's, no, I'll share... That's the exit point. I will share a little detail from when I interviewed David Batty all those years ago and he let slip that um, sometimes he looks at players that he played with who are now managers or talking on TV and he looks at me and he goes, I remember you as a player, how are you a manager? <laughs> Right, we'll return next week with the, the Square Ball Podcast, with or without
2: a massive box of stickers. Ooh, tune in to find out. The suspense is unbearable. We'll see you in a bit.
1: The Square Ball Podcast.
2: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.